Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Fine, fine, fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve Sarmento. A fine non-Irish Saturday matinee today. No, it is a very American Saturday matinee. It's not even Australian. It is not even. It's not the Irish Australian. No. We're without Andy today. And I'll I'll lean in heavily. Good day, Steve Sarmento. Good day. (laughs) 
We have, well, <laughs> top of the morning. Top, the very it top is, of it, the morning it, it, to you. It's the tip, tippy top the of the morning. The tippy of the top of the morning to you. We don't have Andy today uh, due to other uh, engagements. And uh, so it's just you and I. And we're going to be yeah. uh, just you and me. Wow. Mm. You could... You could be grammatically incorrect. It's still like it. it's way early so in the morning. Early. Have you had your coffee? Have you had your grammar I have coffee? It right here. It's from the uh, uh, Sovie Island Coffee uh, uh, Roasters oh. Cup. It's my favorite cup. I actually did some research on how to get some Next Real branded cups because I would much rather drink out of our stuff. It's a pain. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Especially if you want one. It's like the old $5,000 hammer. Yeah. It's like, well, you can order one for $50 or you can order 500 for 50 cents yeah, each. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, these were, I could order 50. That was the minimum okay. thing. And so 50, I could make yeah. 50 work, but we'd have to do like pre-orders and all that stuff. I don't yeah. know how many people oh, yeah. really care about it. Uh, it's a wine, just so those who are listening. Yeah. It is a wine cup shade. It's like a ste- one of those stemless goblets, you know, so it's got that yeah. nice curve to it. And it's thermal and it's, sure, it's, it's designed not as a travel yeah. mug, but as a to keep your coffee warm at home while you're drinking it. Right. And I love Does it. Does it have a lid? It comes with a lid, but the lid makes like it... A, like a sippy like, cup lid? <laughs> it's like a yes. sippy cup. That's exactly what it's like. It's terrible. It's more of a well, dribble that's... cup. It does a sip. It just pours out the side of the cups. It's the well, worst. You, you've got to secure the lid, and that's, you know, for wine, because after you've had two glasses, the stemless keeps it on there, and the sippy cup just stops you from... Sloshing you know, it into your face. Oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> I, that is true. It's is also it's great for cold beverages as well. So if you yes, are, if you're into you know a beverages chilled beverage, a beverage state, that was staying hydrated, state, yes. it is a state dependent cup. Let's say that. Uh, so uh, what do we have to talk about this week? Ah, man, I found I, I started looking at all the links we talked about in Discord this week, and I just this is a hair on fire day. <laughs> okay. I there, there's lots of things. I just assume if it's in Discord, we don't necessarily need to follow up on no, it. But of course, if, if there's we don't need to. But haven't you been? Haven't you found yourself in a state of just general peak after this week's discussion of Disney and uh, uh, taking the 20th Century Fox properties? Oh, yes, and that uh, seems like I, something that would fire said, you up in particular too. Well, no, well, the thing that. Uh, I'm just in an emotional state where I'm like, I, what's the point in getting angry about this? I, I don't know what I, and I commented, I really appreciate that even though we have some people that are polar opposites on these issues that, you know, Ben and Nick can have this really nice measured discourse that they're on complete. I mean, Ben is like full on Marvel fan and Nick will, you know, if you pull a clockwork orange on him and strap him into a seat and peel his eyelids back, he might make it through five minutes of a Marvel movie. <laughs> and the fact that they have this great, you know, dialogue going back and forth about this. I mean, it, it. I love that that's the tone that we have here in Discord, that we, we're not flaming each other. We're not, you know, it's it's all at a really like professional level. Yeah. And it's it's been great to see this uh, debate going back and forth. Yes, there's a lot of frustration. You know, there's a lot of people that 
when am I ever going to get to see Fight Club or Alien on the big screen again? Um, you know what? I was having a discussion with my brother. He was in town and we were talking about, well, what theaters, you know, it's these repertory theaters. I'm like, well, how many of those exist? Maybe in your big cities, but how many theaters are there that are dedicated solely to only playing older films that, that don't do recent releases? Because that's my understanding. That's the only theaters that, that Disney is going to work with on this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I, w- what's the point of getting my hair on fire, my panties in a bunch, and running around screaming? You know, it's not going to change anything. Well, Just ride no, out the that's, waves. that's true. Uh, although, I think, yeah. you, you know, there is a place for public pressure, and then there's a place to just let things ride. And I think that's the most frustrating part of, uh, about this is, uh, is th- that we don't know more. And I, one of the things that I, I, I can't believe, remember if I posted this or if I just posted it in my head, uh, which happens, uh, that, you know, there are things that we don't know yet. Like nothing that we have, uh, everything that we've heard here is from, uh, you know, theater owners, right? We, we, I, I don't feel like we've, we've heard a, a public statement from Disney unless I miss something. I, I'm not aware of anything, but I haven't been tracking yeah. this that heavily uh, to be out there. I I imagine there'll be some clarification coming. And that's one of these cases where when I hear one side, I usually wait for the yeah. other shoe to fall to see if we get a more measured response. If they're going to walk this back a little bit, they're going to provide some clarification yeah. based on what they're seeing uh, in, in public you know, push back on this, or if they're just going to say, no, this is our policy. This is the way Disney operates. And these are the rules. And if you don't like them too bad, these are, this is our property. This is how we're managing. And it's big, it's big company stuff, right? I mean, it's, it is, it's exactly what happens as soon as, you know, the owner of the property becomes, you know, essentially too big to, to, um, uh, too big to fail. That's, I'm sure that's not what I mean to say, but <laughs> yeah. it it is uh, the, that becomes the frustrating discussion, right? Not just their choices about what they're doing with repertory, you know, properties uh, from the 20th Century Fox back catalog, right? It's it's more than just am I ever going to be able to see you know Fight Club on the big screen again? It is um, it, it begs the question of are you know should we be having a bigger conversation about these big media companies and about you know what has happened to antitrust legislation in in this in this country in particular um, which has all been swept but been swept under the rug and that's frustrating to me but I also feel like the pendulum swings right and the pendulum swings right now toward this mega con- conglomeration and I just have this gut hope, I guess, that the pendulum will swing the other way. And eventually we're going to get back to the point where they will probably have to have a discussion about being broken up. I mean, Disney can't buy and own the entire media landscape, right? I mean, they that's just ridiculous. When you have this conversation, these conversations about how frustrating it is between Disney and Sony, you know, one option on the horizon, I'm sure, is Disney saying, you know, we could just buy Sony. Like, let's just buy Sony. You know what? Okay, buy everybody. In turn, go buy Sony. And yeah. uh, and so that's that's the other side. Of this. And I don't want that to happen either, right? Uh, I want everybody to get along in the sandbox. I don't want continued continued consolidation. I think that's bad for um, bad for movies. It's bad for TV. It's bad for entertainment. Same things happened in the news business, which is just grotesque. 
and um, and and that part needs to stop. And that would that you know I don't know fix this stuff, but that's the stuff that gets my hair on fire. That it is much more of a political discussion than it is a the the fact that I'm not going to see Fight Club in a theater. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting discussion, and it, at this time, it's. It's it's challenging because you have the the larger you know monopolies you know like Disney starting to happen, but on the other hand, you have you know so many more opportunities and channels and outlets for independent yeah productions to get out there. I mean, you everybody can say, well, you know, back in the eighties, like you didn't have enough money to make a movie, you were pretty much stuck. You shoot it on you know sixteen millimeter, you might be able to screen it in a little theater, and your family and friends will see it. That's it. Everybody's got access to YouTube. Everybody's got access to the internet. The question is, when do those become really validated amongst the general populace as legitimate means of distribution. I mean, we've, we're seeing that, um, I think both our trailers this week are films that are theatrical and Netflix right, releases. Right. So we're, we're seeing some, some challenges there of if stuff is just straight to Netflix, is it of the same quality as things going straight to theaters? And it's this mindset of if it goes through these channels, it's more legitimate. It's more valid versus, Oh, some kids played around with an iPhone, edited a movie together and threw it up on YouTube. Is that still, film and i guess that's the issue is the aging behemoths of of industry are sort of like entrenching themselves because i think it is on the horizon of they've got to adapt or they're going to become extinct 15 20 years down the road we'll have different hopefully formats different ways to to experience and engage with entertainment and i think right now we're sort of on that precipice of the old format just trying to hold on because it, it is coming eventually do you think i mean you think do you think down the road that there will be a time where we actually just lose the reason to have a theatrical release like like we lose a reason to have neighborhood theaters i hope not because I, there is a certain communal aspect to to watching a film uh there's some things where you know the ones that we'll talk talk about and say oh well yeah i'll probably just rent that that's one that i you know a lot of the trailer rewind stuff jj and i talk about are things that are great to experience at home maybe with you know a friend or two uh but there are those things like james cameron's got you know what four avatar films coming Mm -hmm. i can't imagine not seeing those on a huge screen with hundreds of people around me because that is an experience there is that that group experience where every emotion gets heightened and exaggerated. Like you go to see a comedy and it's you or two people in the theater, you might chuckle. You're in the theater with hundreds of people, a little chuckle starts there and it sort of gives everybody permission to laugh. And all of a sudden you've got uproarious laughter across. So it can enhance that experience. So I hope it doesn't go away. I think the types of films that are going to be there may become fewer uh i think we're gonna you know we as we talk about there's lots of films like the the oscar contenders that sort of come and go uh the most recent trailer rewind destroyer Mm -hmm. did that need to be in theaters well yes because of the oscar rules but it didn't have an audience there nobody went to see it i think it'll find its audience you know out on streaming services that's the whole trailer rewind thing things that failed at the theaters but should be you know reaching a broader audience you look at scott pilgrim back in the day you know, didn't really do well in the box. It's become like a cult classic. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's, it's finding the right channel for, for each, yeah. you know, each item. Well, and, and I think there's a part of it where people like us, um, 
I think that the technology question is that people like us are just, you know, we're we're going to leave the mortal plane and our kids and their kids who uh, grew up with, you know, sort of the YouTube originals experience, assuming it's a thing that Google actually continues to fund. Uh, I think that'll get over the hump. And we're, we're seeing the point where the, you know, where our kids are going to YouTube first are going to Netflix first, are going to, you know, and uh, that's the thing that I I worry about, that they're going to care less about the communal experience, the date experience, the the Mm -hmm. big screen experience that you just can't get anyway. I do think right now, though, we're in this kind of great place for theaters. I like going to the theater. I enjoy it now. I mean, I think they've made them more comfortable. They've made the the amenities better. The food is better in the theaters that I uh, generally see. The screens are 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 uh, for the, you know, first run movies. The screens are bigger and and. uh, you know, generally, there it, it's a nice experience. I I enjoy it, uh, and, and I think that to to theater owners' credit, they they're doing the things that make it an experience evening, right, or an experience to go yes. to the movie theater, uh, in a, to kind of keep up with this trend, at least to stay on top of it for the time being. So I, I I'm actually very positive about it. But you know, to another story I wanted to mention, uh, you know, the uh, filmmaker mode consortium uh is getting uh more traction as uh as you know filmmakers come out and say look what we have done to high definition televisions is a tragedy and it's destroying what we work so hard to create and so uh we are putting together a a consortium with launch partners lg panasonic and vizio note not sony um (laughs) Uh, where we're saying, look, you you need to turn off all the garbage that they turn on to make your television sets look good uh, in the stores when you get home and when you watch a movie. And so we're going to remove all of the motion smoothing, motion blur, uh, pixel interpolation, color management, all that stuff is going to be turned off that the manufacturers turn on. And, uh, you know, I think a big win for this initiative uh, is being able to say that as soon as the television detects the movie, it will automatically do that. So viewers won't oh, actually have to think about going to this setting. Uh, <laughs> although it, you should just leave it in this setting all the time. Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> do not do it. Don't get used to it. It's terrible. It's just terrible. It, it says here that 85% of uh, people who buy a brand new TV never touch the oh. settings as it comes out of the box. No, that's the first thing out of the box I'm doing mm-hmm. is I'm going into the settings. I'm loading up. I don't know. I've got an app or something for configuring, oh, yeah. you know, all of that stuff uh, to to get the the closest, you know, high picture quality that I can. I, I mean, I, these are filmmakers that have complained since I can remember back, you know, before we had digital. It was, you know, they were harassing the theater owners about you're you're using the cheap bulbs. The films are under illuminated. We're not getting the, the clarity in the picture that we intend. So the theatrical experience is, you know, degrees less than what we you should be seeing. Yeah. The, the colors aren't as rich and vibrant. Uh, the The blacks, you know, all of those things. So now that we've gone to digital um yeah this this makes sense still it's the the 
artist's integrity of their product and they want people to experience it, you know, in the way they intended. And I think that I'm, I'm thrilled that they found the partnership to make this happen because the conversations have been ongoing about, you know, the whole motion smoothing, all of, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. It hurts my eyes. It, it's, it's painful. And I can't imagine watching TV like that all of the time because it just, it, it it burns. It burns my eyes. I want to rip them out. Um, are you are you one of those people? This is I I do this. Like when I go over to friends and relatives' houses, I and like nobody's uh, looking. I'll change their TV. Like if it's on, I'll change all the settings yes. and I'll let do me this. fix yeah, this for you. Let me fix this for you. Let me. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's that's the type of person. I'm a oh, TV explainer. It's it's the it's it's like the old school. Let me adjust the antenna. Yeah. I can get this picture a little exactly. bit more in focus. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. That's totally my MO. It's terrible. I don't like that about myself. I feel like, but I no. feel like, you know, I'm doing a cosmic service uh, to viewers of the world yes. to make sure that they're, to, I just did for my parents. They have no idea. They can't even, no, they, they, they hardly see the no. TV. They just, it's always just ambience. No, they don't, nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it does get to that, to that point about, you know, the home viewing experience versus the theatrical yeah. viewing experience. And I think this is the kind of thing where these filmmakers are going out and saying, okay, as long as you're going to be watching it this way, at least do it right. You know, so yes. you're yeah. doing it wrong. Do it better. Anything else on your list? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Richard, Richard Linklater and his crazy new project. Oh, Richard Linklater's new project. Tell me about it. Okay, so I didn't, he, just scrolling through the news and uh, yeah, I don't, you know, he's, he's, he's one that will, you know, do these little secret projects like, you know, Boyhood and uh, where he'll be shooting something for a while. Well, apparently he has just completed his first segment of a film, uh, an adaptation of a a musical, Stephen Sondheim's musical, Merrily We Roll Along, and he's going to do this over 20 years because the story takes place over a 20-year time span. It's the story of uh, a talented composer of Broadway musicals, and he abandons his friends and songwriting career to become a producer of Hollywood movies. And the musical takes place... Uh, from 57 to 76. I don't know if he's updating that time frame or if he's doing a period piece. I imagine since he's naturally aging his actors, he's he's going to maybe update the time frame on this. But, you know, boyhood, 12 years, bah, that's nothing. I'm doing a 20-year project. <laughs> Richard Linklater is, uh, is, is he seriously the most patient uh, filmmaker in He's the biggest right gambler because he's counting on that cast to still be alive in 20 years. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, and and he, let's see, he was born in 60. So does that make him 59? He was born in 60? Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this movie's going to be released when he's 79 years old. Yeah, uh, 80, yeah maybe. Assuming he keeps up with all his post-production as he goes and when he finishes shooting he's got an edit put together right away yeah that terrifies me just the <laughs> the commitment that that takes that makes to like eating healthy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes and with boyhood he had you know three or four actors that he had to really you know to keep the story focused on yeah. you know, that it was a it was a small tight story this is a musical you've got a large cast on this 20 years i i don't voices change don't dramatically over 20 Vo years voices, especially yes, they if do. you're not a yes, professional and uh yeah yes 
This will be interesting. I think it's great. I think it's it it is great to be taking these kinds of risks. And you know who better to do it than a guy who's already got uh, did that secret you know twelve year Skunk Works film project yeah. uh, and keeping that in his back pocket. I think uh, um, you know we need we need filmmakers to take grand risks and this is this is a big one and also whoever's helping him finance it taking a grand risk uh hats off to I, you people i forget i i hope it's not annapurna because i i don't know that they'll be around in 20 years uh it doesn't matter they'll all be working for disney yeah. Uh, yeah. i think it's great <laughs> you uh you wanted to mention something about booksmart though i don't yeah. want to let that get, go because now your whole family's oh. caught up Yes. So on the trip back to Colorado Springs, taking the the oldest, she actually watched it, uh, loaded it up on her her laptop and watched it. And then uh, when the other two got back, they hadn't watched. I said, you, you know, so watch with my wife and my youngest. So the whole family's now caught up on Booksmart. And you've now seen it eight times. Uh, three or four. Okay. Um, so I know the there was concern because most of their views on Discord, let's see, it was me, JJ, Tommy, my brother, all of us five stars. So white guys in their straight white guys in their 40s love this movie. Right. Clearly, We're not this the target audience, audience of this me. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I wanted to get a sense of the te- the teens. Uh, my oldest is not one to have strong emotional reactions to movies, so she will occasionally chuckle. She said she enjoyed it. I wasn't there to witness her reactions because she will sometimes downplay her reactions to things. Okay, but she said she enjoyed it. My youngest laughed hysterically several times throughout. Now, have you seen it yet? Pete? I have not. You have not. No. Okay, so there's a rule rule of threes joke that's in yeah. there that she she loved. There's a, she was anticipating some moments. She clearly connected with these characters, loved it. So I can say, well done, Olivia Wilde. You nailed it for your target audience, at least within my awesome. family. So it's uh, I believe this coming week it's going to be now available to rent digitally. So if you were cautious, anybody about flat out buying this movie, you want to rent it. Next week, I want to be the patient zero on this one. I want to see everybody out there renting this and, and seeing some reviews because I think you are gonna you're gonna really love this. I, so. I I know that you have been advocating for adding this to my collection, all of our collections, our collection, the collective yeah. collection. Yes. Uh, I my daughter's been on a college trip, uh, but I think that oh, might be a good. thing that we do when she gets home later this evening. Uh, yeah. I will uh, I'll crack that open and and watch it with her and see if uh, see if it holds up. See if it holds up. See if she can identify with a, you know, graduating high school student. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder Seems if she'll like relate it's in her to wheelhouse, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Wisconsin, Steve. They're in Wisconsin. They're in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, okay. What's in Wisconsin? Schools. That's the that's the big draw. Apparently she's looking at the woods. What, woods, yeah, trees. Is it is it is it Hunger Games right. University? Is that where right. she's going? <laughs> it's right on the banks of Lake Superior. Or as they call okay. it there, Lake okay. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, she's they they saw a college and then immediately got in kayaks and headed out across Lake Superior. There, you, there you go. Okay, because yeah. you know now just be cautious because she's going to be out there in the woods in this you know learning institution. You might get that that text one day that says, "Dad, I found this strange wooden mask." Oh dear! I think I might be the killer. <laughs> Greatest premise ever. Why don't we do trailers? 
We should. All right. We should do trailers. And I don't think we're, we we're, have no A24. We do. I think we're just relying on order of operations. That's you. I, I think we are. And I think we both were. Uh, these are Netflix. Yeah. That's slash right. theatrical releases on this one. So, all right. I'm I'm excited about about mine because I love this cast. I, I love this director who is retired several years ago, but still keeps making movies. Uh, this is the latest from Steven Soderbergh. This is called The Laundromat. I'm really excited to see Gary Oldman not being Winston Churchill and embracing sort of his comic side in this one <laughs> with, with an accent, uh, I believe. Uh, you also have uh, Meryl Streep, who is a woman that... Um, she was involved in an accident. There's an insurance thing. And it basically, this is based on a true story of how these attorneys set up all of these sort of financial mechanisms to ensure the wealthy stay wealthy. And I love films that are based on true events, especially these hidden stories where we see maybe the, the darker side of what's going on. And we present it in a comedic way, which gives us the opportunity to laugh at the tragedy of the world around us, but at least bringing some of this truth to light. And I think it's something that, that Soderbergh does uh, really, really well. This is coming out October 18th, uh, Netflix and theaters. I don't know the exact timing on the, when it's usually what, like within a month or so from theatrical yeah. release, it'll be hitting, uh, hitting theaters. But I mean, Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Sharon Stone, David Schwimmer. When was the last time we saw him on the big screen? Antonio Banderas, Will Forte, Robert Patrick, Jeffrey Wright, Chris Parnell. I mean, the, it's a huge, it's the Soderbergh huge ensemble cast in this one and um, written by Scott Burns. So, you know, we've seen him, his work before. These two guys uh, love their work. Looking forward to this one. Yeah. What uh, would you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I am. Uh, I, I thought this was really funny. Uh, I think it looks great uh, seeing these characters, uh, you know, and uh, again, the, the comedic bit between uh, those two guys. Banderas is look, looking fantastic. I love seeing Melissa Rauch in there from, uh, um, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory. She's super funny. And uh, David Schwimmer, you're right. I mean, I, I know him. I, I think after Friends, it was. Madagascar, uh, you know, that was yeah. his, his thing. His voice, he was great. He's a great voice actor. He's done a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's been very busy, you know, looking at you know, Feed the Beast and Will and Grace. Uh, but I, I just, uh, you know, anytime I see him on screen, I'm, I, I'm, he's just such a familiar face. He's like family. He's family yeah. swimmer. Uh, he's the, he's the everyman. He's the everyman. Yeah. So I, no, I think it looks great. And it's telling a story that is, Roughly based on, uh, you know, a true story, a crazy true story. Like I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely see this. You know, I think it looks, uh, it looks like something that's right up my alley. Like it's trying to do, uh, to do to a big financial story, a big legal story, what The Big Short did, what uh, or not, uh, yeah, the The Big Short, and yeah. uh, what was the other one that uh, that we liked? Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, like there's this class of movies that is using comedy yes. and and craziness to uh, a, a, to tell complicated stories for those of us who don't live in that world, and I think that's a really great use of of the medium. So, 
Yeah, and the IMDb trivia section will remind you that David Schwimmer and Gary Oldman were in Friends together. Because Gary Oldman. If you recall the short story arc with with Gary Oldman. was in Friends. He was in there. And I thought, that was always an interesting casting decision for me. So we'll see them reunited on the big screen. I like it. I'm in favor. I support it. I will not cancel my Netflix subscription over this movie. (laughs) This is another movie about which I will not cancel my subscription. (laughs) All right. right. So what have you got? Uh, My trailer this week. What is my trailer this week? (sighs) The King. Steve, The King. David Michaud and Joel Edgerton uh, started, I think it was first rumored back in uh, the uh, early teens that they were working on an adaptation of The Henriad, uh, Shakespeare's works on the uh, King's Henry. <laughs> is, that how we, is that how we put it? The King's Henry? Sure. What are, let's see what's in there. Uh, okay. Well, it was, it was uh, Henry the Fourth, uh, Part One, Henry the Fourth, Part Two, Henry the Fifth, uh, and I think uh, Richard the Second was in there. So um, the, uh, they, they started doing this massive undertaking, right, to try and adapt all of these things into one giant film. And, well, now it turns out that they have done it. Timothy Chalamet plays King Henry V. Joel Edgerton is uh, in there as Falstaff. Uh, Robert Pattinson, Ben Mendelsohn, Sean Harris, Lily Rose Depp. Uh, it, it is an amazing cast uh, in this thing, telling a uh, period story of uh, King Henry V. And I think it looks great maybe it's my thirst for movies of this period uh given our current series on robin hood that has me really uh, excited about this movie uh i think it looks fantastic i think timothy chalamet has exactly the right kind of demeanor uh for this particular uh character right surrounded by people he doesn't trust there's that air of innocence about him that air of uncertainty and we know how that changes over the course of the story uh i i think it looks just great and at once brutal and uh, i'm very much looking forward to it what do you think yes i am i i just saw the title of the king and i thought well what's this going to be i did i had forgotten about this whole henriad uh project so as i was watching this trailer i thought oh it's just this period piece it's the king and you know it's a story of just rise to power and royalty and then i started watching this and i got further in and i'm like that's Joel edgerton yeah why does he seem like this is this is this henry the fourth is this henry the fifth is he is joel edgerton false stuff it's what's going on with this and it just kept it's all <laughs> happening and i thought and it looks gorgeous and it's it's not kenneth Branagh, so it's not it's not we're taking Shakespeare and we're bringing it to the screen. We're taking this story. So I'm expecting, you know, for for loyalists of, of Shakespeare, they, they may be disappointed that this is not that. It's the story being adapted into a, a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. So we've got familiar characters. We've got familiar storylines. But an amazing cast. Looks beautiful. This is... I, I love films like this. Uh, I love a, a really good period piece that inspired by actual events. It reminds me of, uh, you know, Kate Blanchett when they did uh, the Elizabeth films mm-hmm. with her, mm-hmm. things like that. I just, this is right in the sweet spot. I, I'm 
really looking forward to this. I thought it was going to be just a generic story about royalty, but knowing that we've got this great source material to it, I'm very excited about seeing where this goes. Well, and and David Michaud, I mean, I, I just have, uh, I, I give the guy a lot of credit, right? I mean, he's, if you haven't watched Catch-22, uh, it, it's one of those much must-watch series, miniseries. It's just fantastic. It is so smartly written. Uh, War Machine, The Rover, um, you know, these are uh, movies that he was behind, movies and properties that he was behind as the pen, uh, but he also directed War Machine um, and The Rover. He's uh, and Animal Kingdom. Uh, I mean, he's just, I think, an, an incredibly yeah. talented guy, and uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with such a massive story and how they drill it down into something yeah. that is uh, something that's approachable on screen. I'm very excited about it. What? When's this one hitting theaters, Netflix? Well, that's a great question. It looks like yeah, November, uh, November 1st, it hits internet. Hello, internet. It All looks right. like it opens in the U.S. and limited uh, release October 11th, 2019. And I think this is probably one I'm going to want to catch in the theater if it hits my uh, my oh, neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, London Film Festival, October 3rd. Before that, oh, September 2nd, Venice Film Festival. So if you're in Venice... Oh. And you're heading to the festival, <laughs> check out The King from uh, Joel uh, Venice. Edgerton and David Michonne. All right. Let's do lists. All right. Oh, the lists. This was the worst this was list a... ever. It was this what? This was the worst list ever. Who's the dummy uh, who did I... this? <laughs> See, I thought I really, really, really struggled this one. And then my brother came back into town and we sat down over a couple of beers and started talking through some things. And I, I came up with quite a few. And... I was anticipating several of them were going to be, you know, steals between myself and Andy. I wasn't sure. Uh, but once we sort of cracked through, it sort of opened up like, oh, yes, there's these other things we had forgotten about. Yeah. All right. And, you know, I'm not afraid to go back in a movie we've talked about before. So yeah, yeah I, I do. I know that, that. That's that was that was off the table from the get go when I thought I'm thinking of like one off the top of yeah. my head, you know, that like. On Tuesday and Wednesday, I wonder I thought, if we, I wonder if have, we have the same one. I have one too that was pretty easy. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, you are you're up first. So, knowing that Andy's not here, I have to. I, I can I can strategize a little bit here. Um, okay, so I'm going to go. This is this is this is for Andy. Andy, this one's for you. Um, stories about characters later in life, and I think he mentioned this one last week. Was it last? Oh, maybe it was two weeks ago. He mentioned this character. When you do a story about Elvis, much, <laughs> much later in life, <laughs> in the bizarre movie Bubba Hotep with Bruce Campbell as Elvis. Well, that's a fighting steal. Off zombies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, that's infuriating. Infuriating way to start. <laughs> it's uh, it's such a great bizarre film it's one that i had to add because it's one that i think a lot of people probably have forgotten about or weren't even aware of uh it's definitely a, a film if you can track it down uh, amazon prime or wherever to, to check it out it, it it's a strange yeah. weird little film but if you have a, a dark sense of humor i think you're really gonna enjoy <laughs> Bubba Hotel. if if you have it Yes. Uh, yes, I agree. I, I think it is. Uh, it, it's uh, in a way it's really charming. Once you get through with it, it's a charming and it's funny. I, I enjoy it. I think that 
you know, we the the question uh, said that we were going to visit familiar characters later in life. So is the question whether Elvis is a character? No. Since he's actually a real not, person, not oh, at all. Okay. No, I'm I'm moving on to my <laughs> <Okay>. thing now. <laughs> okay. So I think what's important to to do is to note where we start later in uh, okay. yeah, later in life. One of the most, like, if you do any searching on this stuff, one of the most, um, you know, uh, used characters, uh, the most used character according to the Guinness Book of of World Records, the most played character, uh, uh, you know, single character across differing properties that aren't sequels is Sherlock Holmes. And so that's an easy one to to dive into because we have a number of properties that let us see this character in different points in life. And the spectrum between these char- these these periods, I think, is really great with uh, with Sherlock Holmes. If you start with young Sherlock Holmes, where we see Sherlock Holmes as a teenager, then you get to move to my pick, Mr. Holmes. The elderly Sherlock Holmes, uh, in uh, by, played by Ian McKellen, which was, uh, I think, a really fun and terrific way to look at this character. That's one that I was aware of, and I was like, "Oh yeah," but I haven't seen that one. It's one that I just never got around uh, to watching. Yeah. So I, I was aware of it, and I thought, "Oh, that would be great to have on my list if I had seen it." Yeah. So it's it, it is one that had I not already seen it, it's one that I would have watched. Just to prepare for this list, it's it is. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It's not. I mean, it's not great. You look at IMDb. It's like barely a seven, like six point nine. Uh, so it, but it's over. It's uh, you know nearly a point over the six star rule. It's got. Uh, it's it's got tread. That movie. Okay. Yeah, worth seeing it. Ian McKellen is just terrific in anything. I mean, you can't lose. With that, that's guy. true. That's true. All right. What's your second? All right, my second. Um, so the approach that I took is, I thought, well. Why would we revisit a character later in life? It's got to be a beloved character, a character that people are familiar with, that they grew up with at one point and that they then wanted to see later on. And then I thought, well, what's what's when would that happen? Oh, well, you know, the baby boomers just fell in love with all kinds of, you know, entertainment in the 50s and 60s. And so they'd want to revisit that later in life. And, you know, marketing and studio executives would be like, well, yeah. This whole generation grew up with this character. Let's let's bring that character back. They'll want to see that. And who's always willing to make a buck on their own property? Well, Disney, of course. <laughs> so in 1959, we had the Shaggy Dog. But in 1976, we had the Shaggy DA, the story of Wilby Daniels as an attorney, now still struggling with that issue of turning into a dog at random points when it creates the most comedy. Uh, I found the trailers for these and I forgot how hilarious just the special effects are. Uh, <laughs> let's just start gluing fur That's to right. this actor's face to show him slowly turning into a dog. It's, I don't know that they hold up that well. I don't, uh, you know, Tim Conway is in the Shaggy DA, so it's always great to see Tim Conway in the 70s. Um, but this was one that I remember loving a lot as a kid, both of these movies just, you know, it, because the dog that he turned into is an old English sheepdog. And that's what we had in our house growing up. So it was, you know, that familiarity of like, that's just like our dog. And wouldn't it be great to turn into a dog? It's, it's, it would be hilarious. You could just run around and nobody would know it's you. I, I love that's it. That's my second that's a, pick. That's a great and what a weird concept. Yes. Why do we do that? Why do we take the? Why do we do that? That was weird. I, well, what I didn't know, and I guess I had forgotten or blocked my memory, uh, was that there was a remake of the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen in like 2006. 
Oh. So the original Disney, it was a it was a magical ring owned by the Borgias that like he was researching and somehow there was this magic ring that caused this whole thing. In 2006, it's like he gets bitten by a dog that has some weird virus that turns him into a dog, which I thought, no, the magical part is what made that so great. That it was just, you know, mysterious magic. Otherwise, you he's do just whatever a you werewolf. Rules. Yeah, exactly. Yes. A so. wear shaggy dog. That's dumb. All right. What have you got next, Pete? Well, again, uh, starting with the premise that you have to first understand where you're coming from to see this character later in life. I have a pair of movies that uh, visit the beloved uh, character that many have celebrated around Hearth and Home. Uh, We have to start with the young and fresh uh, Alanis Morissette playing God in Dogma in order to be able to really appreciate. Uh, the elder god in Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) What could possibly be wrong with that pick? (laughs) That logic of, well, there was this George Burns movie in the 70s playing Old God. So clearly dogma from the 90s, yes, we're... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not great. It's not. It's not great. And let me let me tell you, it goes down from here. (laughs) Yeah, order of uh, operations is important. I think. uh, uh, I I I don't know. I I just think there's there's something so charming about this about George Burns in in this movie and. I, you know, Carl Reiner well, was still doing, it was, it was great. Like, he was great. And there sure. was such, this was, everybody was at the top of their game in this movie. From Carl Reiner to Larry Gelbart, uh, Avery Corman, uh, you know, John Denver was in this movie. Do you even remember yes, that? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So you you could have gone, you may have remembered him from the Ten Commandments as the burning bush, but now we'll see him yes. much older in the 20th century, that. played by George Burns, also, from Bush to Burns. Know, <laughs> Steve, I consider this a massive failing on my part to the to the level that I may just have to re-edit the show and make it sound like my idea. That's brilliant. The the deal with uh, God uh, as a character is it, it just it was the first thing I thought of. I was because I, honestly I was thinking about Morgan Freeman. Like uh, how do we how do I land on Morgan Freeman? But then George Burns. I you yeah. can't skip George yeah. Burns in a conversation like that. So uh, there have been a lot of great gods, and and uh, Elias Morissette was not one of those. That see now there's a series you you and Andy could do. You could do there's there's the three movies. There's Oh God, Oh God, Book Two, and then Oh God, You yeah, Devil. Right. I think that's was the right. third one. Yes. There's a there's a whole yeah series that maybe needs to may or maybe not. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's fine that, to just leave it on a list. It really is fine. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. All right, you leave me with a lot of room to move around here. Oh, I've got, just wait. Got several. Oh, you have to take all the room you want. You're never going to my last pick. I guarantee okay. it. So, again, this is this is one that you've talked about on the show. So I'm going to point people. It's been a while, I believe, since you guys talked about this one, if I'm correct, because I didn't do my research because I don't care whether you've talked about it on the show <laughs> okay, or not. Okay, what is it? But when you think about when you think about a character later in life. Uh, I started with, well, 
we want to see somebody that maybe struggled with issues as a teenager, now how they're handling that as an adult, a uh, whole different world of problems and challenges. Uh, and to me, there is the epitome of that is captured in Steven Spielberg's hook with Robin Williams as the older Peter Pan who has lost touch with who he is and has become, he's lost the magic. And so that is my final pick with characters we're familiar with later in life. It, to me, it's a, a brilliant concept that isn't nearly executed as often as it should. Cause I, I was surprised at how many movies didn't really, you know, as we see, it's a bit of a stretch sometimes. Uh, but I think there's such a, a rich well of content to be tapped in taking a character because we talked about you know within franchises you know do you do bruce willis well yeah by the time we get to live free or die it's later in life but he hasn't grown or changed so to take a, a beloved character like sherlock holmes and see who he is as a young man and see who he is later in life i think is something i would want to see more of but i think peter pan uh was one that really is the first one that, that came to me because we know him as one person and to see him as a grown man was really a, a fresh take on that character. Well, you're lucky because we haven't talked about it on the show. I could have sworn you guys did a, no, no. Okay. we have not, we have wow. not talked about it on right. the show. And so, uh, I think that's, I, I think it's fair game. I think Andy is kind of an antagonist when it comes. Oh, to there's, there's issues with the movie. There's, yeah. there's problems with the movie. It's not perfect, but, uh, I mean, Dustin Hoffman too is, is great in that. And it's, it's what, it's one of the uneven Spielbergs, you know, that, that's where yeah. I sort of categorize yeah. it. it. It has such hope and potential, but it just, there's, there's some things that just don't ring right and haven't aged. Yeah, well. I agree with that. The one, I, that movie was food porn for me when I first saw it, because the, when the Lost Boys like imagine all their food coming out it's just like cake oh. frosting and i'm like i was when i first yeah. saw that movie i was like wait i could go to an island and just eat frosting all the time like i dreamt about that like i got such a sweet tooth that that was my jam uh my last pick is in the toilet Steve, it is terrible, but okay. I use it as an entry point to talk about some uh, uh, other films. Okay. We have seen this character over many, many, many years. And most of the movies, individual movies that deal with this character, deal with the character over many, many years. And so uh, you'll see the character, uh, you know, uh, in the very, very olden days with torches and pitchforks. And then you'll see how the character matures and goes through time and, and uh, it becomes a sophisticate, but still carry on, carrying on their wayward ways. Uh, but here's a movie that actually doesn't really start as it does. It's got a little bit of the olden day stuff, but the real purpose of the movie is to give us Gerard Butler uh, as the uh, 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 horrific uh, murdering Dracula in Dracula 2000. <laughs> and the trailer, when okay. I watch this, the trailer, I've forgotten, like it really sets up our list <laughs> it really is. It practically says, you know, revisit this beloved character in the modern days, like later in life. Of course, it's Dracula, so the, you don't get a character that ages. Uh, but uh, it is. Uh, uh, it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. It's uh, there's so many. Ugh. 
dear. Uh, the whole premise of the movie, if you ha- if you don't remember it, I, I know this was high on your list uh, when it came out in 2000. Uh, the premise is Gerard Butler has to go, uh, as Dracula, has to go unleash vengeance on Mary Van Helsing, uh, who is obviously the daughter of the vampire hunter uh, Van Helsing. So uh, it is not great, uh, but you should not see this and instead go see the other Draculia with Gary Oldman because that one was great. I really enjoyed that movie and uh, that would be the starting point for my visiting a character later in life. Pairing. <laughs> Dracula wow. 2000. Okay. Wow. You, yeah. No, I, that's that's a great character choice because yeah to see that character over over the centuries yeah. yes and the different the different challenges that uh, vampires will have in the in the 20th century or the 21st you know what, century or the year 2000 you know what you're going to say when you watch this movie which you won't you're going to say things no. like hey remember Johnny Lee Miller when he <laughs> when he somehow miraculously did uh uh hackers and then train spotting back to back like what a crazy swing that is. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he's in this movie. It was only a couple of years later. And uh, it's not as good as train spotting. No. But, but see, Pete, you, you keep saying that movie name train spotting. Yeah. And, and you know that they did do a sequel called T2, well, visiting those that, characters that is, later in life. You're right. And actually, I should I should just immediately swap that uh, because I've been staring <laughs> at Trainspotting. I haven't seen but T2, Trainspotting But it was, a, it was a sequel. That's the... And it was played by the same actor, right? I mean, he played so Sick Boy. Yeah, so that... Does that... Was that a rule? Well, no. it was in my head. Like, I was going to... Uh, I wasn't okay. going to do sequels. Like, nothing in right. here is yes, a sequel. It's the true. same character played by different actors visiting them at different points in their ah, lives. See, because that's... I have a whole separate list now. This is my sort of... My secondary was Tron Legacy. Okay. You got, you know, Flynn right. later in life. Uh, the Star Trek 2000 whatever, 9 whatever reboot with old Spock. Yeah. You know, yeah. Spock. You got young Spock and old Spock. Uh, Creed. Okay. Where we've got Rocky. Who's in a very different part of his life? He's a familiar character later in life, and then of course Blade Runner twenty forty nine, where we've got Harrison Ford. Yeah, see, again. that would be a great. Like, but that's but a those were those were sequels, all like same, same actor. Yeah, sort of sequels and same actor. So yeah. yes, I I know that the sort of seed for this one was Robin and Marion. We had yeah. a different actor, it wasn't connected, but the 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 well was shallow. There was not a lot. No, to there go wasn't. To. I'll, I'll tell you. I landed yeah. on, uh, and I can't. I'm looking up his name because it just escapes me right now. Uh, who played God in Time Bandits? That was uh, oh uh, Ralph Richardson uh, played oh, a yeah. great God in Time Bandits. That was another one that I was going to play with. Uh, uh, the the other Dracula pick I was going to go with was actually uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen as Dracula dead and loving it <laughs> because I it. wanted to tie into this week's discussion. Uh, but, but it doesn't really do a modern take on it. It's uh, it's just no. a spoof. And then the last one was actually going the other direction and talking about Casino Royale, uh, where, oh, where we're looking yeah. at a familiar character, but at a different point in his life and career. Right. I mean, he's, he's, I would, I would say he's probably younger than the original um, as an actor, younger than the original bond, uh, actors, but you know he's not yet a double O. And what does that? How does that change yeah. that character? And that that would have been my uh, pick with the highest integrity. <laughs> yes. My list this week. Uh, so that's 
that that's where we are. Uh, although I, okay. I stand by Mr. Holmes. Of all three of mine, the one that I stand yeah. by is Mr. Holmes. I'll raise a glass to Mr. Holmes. So okay. what are we talking about this coming week? Oh, dear. I don't know. That's yes. you guys. I'm not I'm not part of that conversation. Is it uh, is it the men in tights? Is that where you're going next? <sighs> Everything I do, Steve. Oh. I do it for you. It is Robin Hood, Prince of the Thieves. So I do have an idea for this one. My first idea for this is movies in which an actor says the name of the movie in the narrative of the script. Oh, do they call him Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, actually, in this? I, it's been a long there time. Is, yeah. Oh, there's a scene uh, underneath the uh, the lute and probably Brian Adams playing <laughs> a song in the forest. Uh, there is a scene where Maid Marian actually says, uh, Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves. Uh, I keep wanting to say Men in Tights, Prince of the Thieves. And so I thought uh, that that's got to be on the list. That's my contribution is because I hate it so much. It's a massive button for me when actors do that. Yes. It, where it's written in the script. Yes. Makes me crazy. Okay. Yes. Actors say the name what of the movie. All right. There's one. Mm-hmm. Um, do we do, because I don't recall if it's in the movie. I know it was in the trailer. It's where we start getting the um, sort of like POV shot with the arrow where we've got flying cameras. Oh, flying cameras. Rather, I mean, we have, you know, steady cam moving things around, but where we're actually. Yeah, putting, where you strap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They strap, strap a big camera onto an arrow and onto then an have arrow and shoot, shoot it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was immediately, fo- that does follow up to a brilliant, brilliantly executed Mel Brooks shot in Minute Tights. That's where they have the homing arrow oh. <laughs> that flies like <laughs> around corners. Yeah, it's brilliant. Okay. Okay, that's uh, great. The arrow okay. POV. Um, so we only need one more. How easy yeah. is this? Movies in which uh, band is hired as characters in the film. There's a band hired as characters Brian, in the film. Brian Adams is in the movie and he brought his band, like the drummer and the guitarist, like they're in the forest playing Wild Tales. No, really? I did not, it's been a long time. It's I, clearly, it's not oh, great. It is. Brian Adams, the balladeer, uncredited. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, that's, and you thought this week's list was was going to be, <laughs> there were slim pickings. I don't know yeah. about that. That's rough. Okay. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know about that one either. You know, we could, I'll tell you what we could do. The thing that, that drives me uh, crazy, I mean, M- Marion, this movie is uh, often... Uh, discussed and in fact if you haven't listened to this week's wonderful episode of the deconstruction workers christopher bell and his uh, guest actually unravel the seven tropes of um uh of uh i can't remember actually what they called it but this this is one of the tropes that they talk about is marion syndrome or whatever which is where uh you know you have this the massive gap between the setup of this female character marion who starts out as like a ninja warrior and she's in this full like head to toe black armor and she kicks robin's butt and then by the end of the movie she's uh, a a waif child that is like (laughs) you know she can she can be dragged by her wrist up the, st- oh, up the stairs. Yeah, she becomes the damsel in distress. Yeah, she is, okay. She's a damsel. Wow. And so the gap between where that movie starts for this character and where that movie ends is large. And so I think that might be an interesting uh, one is the the um, the feminist fall from grace. Oh, uh, sure. 
yeah. where where we look at the 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 greatest and stupidest falls in character transformations for these for for our <laughs> I uh, love that leading characters. Yes. All right. Is that a fair title? The feminist fall from grace. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> and I will credit in the show notes uh, the episode. I'll I'll post the overcast link to the deconstruction workers. All right. Uh, it's a great episode. A great conversation. His guest, I can't remember her name, uh, but his guest is a. Uh, she's actually a. Uh, stunt woman and a stunt coordinator, a fight coordinator, and and uh, academic and thinker on the subject. She's just great uh, and uh, learned a lot. So yep. I have not listened to it. I, I think the episode's called "Badass Women." Uh, Badass wife, Women. That's my it. wife started listening to it. Said she she said you really need to listen to this. I was busy working from home, and I said I I have stuff I'm reading. I can't. Uh, so I'll be putting that on my uh, I'll be putting that on as I fold some laundry this afternoon because I'd love me a good deconstruction workers podcast. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that's going into the uh, uh, Discord. Put in your votes. I don't know. I don't even know what to predict. I, I, I'm hoping they'll they'll go for that one. I think that'll be an interesting set of movies. We'll None of the movies that come out of this list, I imagine, are going to be going on any of our watch lists. <laughs> that is Probably. one prediction I'll stand yeah, by. I, I think that's fair to say. Right. All right. This is great, Steve. All right. uh, yeah. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, have a little one-on-one time with you, man. Yeah, I know. We always have yeah. great conversations. Andy just ruins everything. With his accents? <laughs> God, he brings that It just accents. throws everything off. Puts just us in a weird mindset. Just in his Irish throughout the thing. <laughs> and he's so even-headed. I try to light my hair on fire, and he's yeah. like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, where's the fun in that? <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, helping to support this show as patrons. If you're listening to this for free, we sure appreciate it uh, if, that you're listening at all. Uh, but we would appreciate it even more if you would consider visiting us over at patreon.com slash the next reel and uh, consider supporting the show for five bucks. You get uh, access to either the shows of the next reel early and without advertising or the shows of the Marvel Movie Minute. We're gearing up with season two. You get those early uh, and without any sponsor messages uh, or you can get the work. Uh, you can get all the shows, Marvel Movie Minute and the next reel. You get those early without any advertising uh, sponsor messages in there. So if you're if you're listening to the show uh, for free, we sure hope you'll consider uh, supporting us and supporting, uh, you know, hosting and equipment and all the good stuff that comes with doing a podcast. So we appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one, Steve. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or the Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. 